como 10 minutos, nada más que eso, y de ahí viene el, el, el sendero nuevamente de unos 3, 4 metros de ancho. Welcome to another edition of Strangers Abroad. This podcast is a series of conversations with the wonderful and weird people I met while backpacking throughout Latin America. These are the hitchhikers, the couch surfers and the expats, the thrill seekers, the mountain climbers, the volunteers and society quitters. The people who, for one reason or another, made the decision to challenge themselves, to leave behind the comforts of home, to venture out into the world and see what happens. Here we go. Rodrigo was a local Peruvian teen who worked at Chuck Chow. While working together, we would do our own twist on language exchange. He helped me with my Spanish slang, and I helped him create clever DJ names in English. But what interested me the most was figuring out how the younger Peruvian generations were interpreting social movements around the world while still living with descendants who held more conservative perceptions of gender, sexuality, and class. Michelle, from the previous episode, and I were very quick to have conversations about the treatment of women in Peruvian society, especially being gringas who were used to the daily harassments on the way to work. Rodrigo didn't shy away from the subject. While many young boys might have responded to our questioning with delusions of gender, he spoke with compassion and critique of the machismo norms. He never treated any of the women working in Chuck Chow any less or objectified us. He always spoke to us as equals and just regular human beings like you should. While so many people his age are rocking through the turbulence of puberty, Rodrigo is muy tranquilo and is steadily growing in his evolving personhood. Rodrigo put his precocious maturity to practice when he had to kick a group of drunk adults out of the cafe once. On a quiet afternoon, Michelle and I were working alone, doing our daily rounds of tending to customers, making mini mochas for each other, gossiping, and would sometimes linger while sweeping the balcony to take in the volcano's composition, so radiant and perfectly framed between the buildings that it could be easily mistaken for a desktop background. The peace of the moment was quickly swept away as a large crew of locals barreled their way up the stairs to the cafe's cove. Even though I couldn't understand everything they were saying in Spanish, the slur and volume of their words made it clear that they had been drinking. The leader of the crew was one of the owner's friends, this guy Will, who bypassed Michelle and I and went right to the fridge of beer at the back of the cafe. He just started pouring his own beers for his friends without permission, and both Michelle and I go up and ask him to please stop and make tabs of what he had already poured. His watery eyes and loose rubber neck swung itself in our direction and looked at us with a wolf-like hunger that had just stumbled upon an open chicken coop. It's a look that's kind of hard to describe, but I don't know what it is. Women can tell a mile away if a man is about to harass or objectify them. Men's body language, it just changes instantly. Then in Spanglish, he asks, Oh, you're so cute when you're angry and so clever to speak in Spanish, guapas. It isn't a big deal. I basically own half the place. ¿Dónde está Javi? Who knew that condescension doesn't get lost in translation? 
He goes back to pour another beer, and Rodrigo comes in from the street, just serendipitously to get a piece of cake, and asks, what's going on? Michelle and I frantically ask him to go talk to Will. Maybe his fledgling masculinity will be respected more than our feminine authority. Rodrigo calmly went up to Will and, in Spanish, coolly began negotiating and finding reason with this wasted machismo, someone with twice his strength and age. He was able to keep Will occupied until Javier arrived, kicked them out, and banned Will from the shop, choking on his masculinity as he descended the stairs. Michelle and I were relieved, but the situation just left us smoldering with resentment. How Rodrigo was able to trump the authority of both of us who were actually working at the cafe just because he was a dude. But what was relieving was how Michelle and I sat in our stools of frustration. Rodrigo was the one who mentioned what sexist bullshit this was. Why would they not listen to you? You're older and you were working here. This machismo is so messed up. I'm not sure how some people develop a sense of maturity so much faster than others, sometimes bypassing people altogether. And it's painful that the standard of masculinity in most cultures is to dehumanize women. But Rodrigo was more of a man that day than the drunk group of men in the cafe. In this interview, we catch up with Rodrigo and we talk about his future goals to conquer the world. Here's his story. But uh, but how are you? Like, did you you graduated high school and everything? Uh, yeah, I gradu- graduated in the school. Now uh, I'm learning French <gasps> to go to study to France. Du Pavelet! Oh, that's wonderful! That's so great! Yeah, yeah, now I'm waiting for the response of two schools in France. Because my my last school is uh, Peruvian French, uh-huh. so I'm waiting for the for the response. Now, uh, if I see if the schools don't accept me, I will try to go to New Zealand. New Zealand? Oh, why? Yeah, uh, because I was uh, uh, looking for in internet about place to go to study, knowing uh, English. And I find Canada, um, New Zealand, but I think it's better New Zealand. First, for the climate, and second, there's more easy to make a business there. So I think it's a better place for me. That's awesome. Because, you know, you know, U.S. and Australia are really expensive, so those oceans are cheaper than the other ones. So I can work and at the same time study in Absolutely. That's such a good plan. Do you think that you, as a person, desire to travel a lot? Like, do you think that that's something that's just, like, part of your constitution? And then how have the influences of working at Chuck Chow and working in a very international environment influenced that? Yeah, so... First of all, when I, I mean, when I was a children, I mean, uh, ten years old, I always be uh, wanna be in United Kingdom. Oh. So I love London and all the uh, that culture. So when I was growing, when I was fourteen or fifteen years old, when I was start to work in Chow, well, I realized that 
there's a lot of culture out of Peru. I mean, in US, in Europe, in Australia, in many places. But when I started to uh, learn English, I started to come here to Chichao to practice English first. But in the in the way, I realized that I like to to talk to another people. I mean, not Peruvian strangers. Right. And I like to know more about cultures, about the people, about music and everything. And when I start to work in Chichao, the first person that I meet was uh, Florence. Okay. She's a French girl. For the first day, we went to, to eat anticuchos. Mm. You know that. Mm-hmm. She liked it, but I mean the, the experience to start to showing how it works to your your country to another person. It's, it's a sensation difference uh, that I didn't know before because I, I talked to another person, but never, you know, like to show how it works all around you. So that was really nice. And the next day she told me to show uh, where she, she can eat no expensive food, uh, where, how uh, she can take the combi, you know, is the, the way of transport here. Right. After I meet uh, uh, Rachel, is an Italian girl. And the first day when I worked with her was, she told me that she was crying. She was so worried about the country because it was the first time that she lived alone without her parents. So the first time I went also to, to go to eat at Ceviche with her and she feel better. She told me, hey, Rodrigo, I really feel better because when I come here, I think I will die because I didn't know nobody here in Peru. So that's nice that the people tell you that you can help them to 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 feel better in your country because you know go to another country you don't know about people, maybe the food or maybe the language. So it's a good sensation I think so. So now I really feel that my future is to travel around the world. I don't know if studying or working or I don't know, but it's in my in my in my future go to another country. That's awesome. You still are pretty young, and I think that's wonderful that you were able to experience showing your country to somebody who had no idea about anything, because it makes you rethink the things that you do. That's just normal for you, you know, like it's normal for you to take the cabs and the eat anticuchos and like that's totally normal for you. But for you to have to explain that to somebody else and for you to have to realize that somebody else didn't have that, like the French girl was raised, you know, like walking around France and uh, like eating crepes as much of a cliche. I don't know what her life was, but you know, like that was her normal. And I think that's so awesome that like you, you noticed that and that you appreciate what it feels like to show somebody else and be proud of where you are, of like where you come from. But also it ignites that curiosity of, well, then what is the rest of the world like, you know, and what else is out there? And I think that's the one thing that I learned when I started traveling was 
you think you know everything. And then you leave your country and you're like, holy shit, I don't know anything. I don't know anything at all. And it's very humbling. And I also love that like you feel as though travel is part of your constitution. So like what has working at Chok Chow provided for you? What else have you learned about people? At the beginning, when I was learning English, I started to come here just to, you know, drink a coffee, eat a cake or something like that. And I realized that that was really cool because the most of people was from other countries. So when I was in holidays, I, I talked to Javier, he, who is the owner. And I asked her uh, his about if I can work. And he told me, yes, no problem, because he know my uncle, he know my mother. So in that age, I was 14 years old or 15. At the beginning, it was really hard to talk to another people. I mean, for example, hear another accent, like the British or, the, or from New Zealand, that is really hard to understand when you are starting to to speak in English, especially if, if it's not your native language. So at the beginning it was a really bit hard and you have the, you feel shy about how the other people see you. Maybe you know, maybe I don't talk good English and he's like, what, what he's saying? Or I don't know, but the, the time pass and you, you feel better. You can say another word you can just ex explain what you feel. So uh, many people, when I was asking me about my age, and he thought that I was 18, 19 years old, and I, I uh, told he, them that I was 14, and they was like, what, man? You're so young, and you're working, and you speak really good English. And was was really nice for me that the people told me that I speak good English and that they can talk with me about, I don't know, about the food, about the war, about the politicians, about everything. I mean, just know about the business, like, you know, in some countries, it's, hello, give me um, a coffee, please, and, you know, just that, I mean, talk about everything politician, culture, about uh, their their life. And that was really nice for me. I think it's it's a good experience to to know another cultures and know about more the war it's out there. And I mean just know Peru Arequipa. There's a really big war there for knowing. Absolutely. So, yeah for me it was a really good experience. How do you feel when, you know, someone who's like clearly a gringa or a gringo talks really good Spanish to you? Like, does that, what does that make you feel as a local and they're, you know, like speaking to you in your language? Yeah. Do you like that? Yeah, I like it. And I get a little bit uh, awesome about them. There were some cases about one Irish guy. His name is Eric. Uh, he came to Peru, and when I talked with him, I thought that he was Spanish. But uh, after some days to talk with with him, 
he told me that he was Irish, but I didn't realize in his accent because he talked really, really good uh, Spanish. Wow. Was he, his first his first experience living to Irish and I like it because for me I would like to someday to get uh, that accent when I talk to another person in another country so I think it's like something that make you try to speak more and more to get uh, the, a really good accent absolutely no absolutely speaking of accents which English accents do you find to be the easiest to listen to and then the hardest to listen to? Well, here in Peru, you know, the more of place to, to learn English are American institutes. Okay. So for Peruvian culture, it's more easy, you know, to learn the phonetic of the uh, American English. But when I start to talk with... British people and Australian or New Zealand people, you realize that there are some words, for example, the R, they don't pronounce, so it's hard at the beginning. But I think the hardest English I hear was the New Zealand, mm -hmm. New Zealand English, because the first time I met a person from there and I was talking really good English in that moment. I and I didn't understand nothing. Right. It was really hard because they talk really fast and they don't pronounce some words and you get like, what? Stop, man. You're really talking really fast right. and I don't understand nothing. So, uh, yeah, I think easier is the American English and harder right. the, the New Zealand. Do you remember that one guy? I don't remember his name, but he was from South Africa. Do you remember him? Oh, Colin. Yeah, he, Colin. I couldn't understand him. Like, there were times where I was like, what did you just say? Like, that was a very interesting accent. That one I kind of feel like, for me, is really yeah. hard to understand. Yeah, he's from South Africa. Um, I don't know, but for me it was, like, not really hard to understand, but there are some words, you know, it's a little bit hard to understand, but it depends on the person, I think so, because... Yeah. For me, it's harder totally. to New Zealand, but I don't know, for from a friend, could be the American English. No, totally. So okay, so one thing that, like, I know Michelle and I and you definitely had conversations about was feminism and women in the world versus, like, Peru, because Michelle and I came from countries that were much more vocal about feminism and just like equality for the sexes and and then so we came from those countries that like still have a lot of issues but you know we don't deal with catcalling and you know we don't deal with like a lot of things that we did deal with in Peru and I'm curious yep. since you are exposed to people who have a more western philosophy about that I'm curious to hear like do you think differently now because of because of these like female western influences and like do you think that peruvian culture is catching up to that yeah yeah uh well here in peru the most of people they are i don't know how you say in english ma machis? machismo machismo yeah. we just say the spanish uh, version yeah <laughs> Yeah, so the most of people are machista, well, but 
every day that people is changing their they idea about this this topic. Uh, I don't know if it's about you know now the world is more open to another ideas, another mind. But for me, well, I have two sisters, and I grow with my mother. So you know, I I am like a like a woman more. So I I know I really know my idea about the women that they are equal than a man like me or from from any place. For me, the idea about the the woman is that they have the same possibilities to make anything. They can they don't have to I mean be a mother just be in the house cooking, cleaning, so that's a stupid for me. Uh, I mean that a man can work, can can do the same work than a woman, like, you know, cleaning or be worried about the children. So I think this idea that it's changing every day and it will, it will be long for some places. It's a, a really long way, but Little by little, yeah. uh, the people will change their idea about that. And for me, it always be the same mind. So I mean, not for working with a Western woman, Western is that my my ideas about that change. So it's the same. Just in some case, in just one case, change my idea about the uh, adopt a. About the homosexual homosexual people, oh, okay. children. At the beginning, I was no agree about that, but I was talking with some friends and especially with with my director of my school, and I realized that, I mean, at at, at the beginning, I I don't take that idea about this topic, but when I talk with them, I realized that it's better than being a uh, in a house for. 10, 15 years and do nothing. So, right. Like in Peru, those those topics are really hard to, to talk with another another person, and it's for just fighting at the at the, at the end. So, mm-hmm. I I I think that in so in some cases it's better to have the the opinion of the people from another countries. Hmm. And you're totally, you're totally right. They say that kids who grow up in homosexual relationships are obviously just as loved mo- as much and have as much opportunity, but also tend to be more open-minded because they're yeah. raised in like an unconventional way. So like, I think that's all, those are all great things. And that the world like coming around to that after being very homophobic is going to take a while, but I think it's wonderful that you're having these conversations. And I can see, and I think you had just alluded to that, like, it's probably difficult having these conversations with people that are older than you because, like, their ideas are so much more fixed. So are people your age, either, like, your friends or things that you see on social media, like, having these conversations about homosexuality and feminism and stuff? Uh, most of teenagers have the really clear idea about these topics, about homosexual or about the woman. I think that most of them think that it's it's the good way, the respect of between all the people. Uh, 
I mean, I mean, in the older people, it's really hard to find somebody that it's agree about these topics. But in teenagers, you know, about for the internet, they have an open mind about these topics. That's awesome. So, yeah, I think it's good for our country because now the teenagers are are getting conscient of the of the problems of the war. So it's not like I mean, 20, 30 years. Uh, 30 years ago that the people doesn't know about these topics right that's awesome this has all been really great I'm so glad that you're like doing well since you haven't been anywhere just yet like have you traveled around you've traveled around Peru but like have you been outside of your country yet uh well I went to Chile Bolivia and Ecuador nice and I visited some some cities of my country. I mean, I think just five of them. There are twenty four. Cool. Uh, wow, wow. I know that I have to explore more in my, my country, and I I really want it. But I think now that I finished the school, I have a couple of months to to travel to some cities and visit and know more about my country. But a trip like I wish to go alone. You know, know people, know about their culture. Right. Uh, to know how is the, how works that city or yeah. that country. So, not with my family because, you know, I travel with your family. It's different. Totally different. It's, yeah. So, I really want to, to do that. I don't know if in my country could be in a, in a country near from me, but I really want to, to do it. What are your top countries that you want to go to? Like, if you had a plane ticket and you could go from one, two, three, what would it be? Well, the first one is uh, England. Uh, I really want to go there because right. since I was a child, it's my dream to, to know some places from there. The second one, I think now it could be France because now that I... Uh, learning about uh, the culture and the language, mm-hmm. I think it's a really interesting place to, to visit. And the third one, it's Vietnam. Vietnam? Why? Yeah. First, for the food, because some friends told me that the food is really good, probably mm-hmm. the best of the world, I don't know. I really want to try it. And second one, because I was looking in the internet, there's some places like they make with they do buildings with trees kind of faces or something like that and i really like those those kind of architecture so that's the reason that i want to go there and the third one could be because you know from peru is a really far place so i think we'll be like to know something totally different of my of my culture totally different totally totally different those are great answers yeah vietnam i definitely definitely want to check out awesome so you're so when do you find out about schools yeah so no if i go to france uh, first i'm gonna study the last year of the of the high school oh because they have uh, one year more than peru I mean, here I study with just five years of secondary school, but there are six. So I have to study one year while I am learning more French. Mm-hmm. You know that being in the place is more fast to, 
to learn whatever. You're going to learn French in like a heartbeat. Yeah, that's so awesome. And it's it's going to be so helpful because like if you ever came back to Arequipa after all of your travels, like uh, there's such a French population, you know, like there's so many French people coming into Arequipa that that will be really, really helpful for you as well. That's so yeah. awesome. That's so awesome. Ever come to New York, you can always, always stay with me. Like, thank you. I have an awesome apartment, and you are always welcome. Um, let me know how schools go, and I'll let you know. I'll probably release this episode in a month or so. Um, yeah. I still have to like work on everybody else's. Uh, but thank you so much for doing this. Have a great rest of your day, you. and say hey to Chuck Chow for me. Oh, thank you. Have a nice day. I never know if people have a clear direction at Rodrigo's age. And I remember being in high school and envious of those who knew exactly what they were going for in college. Like they had been given a clear life map and they could see the road all the way down without detour. And well, well, my map, well, I feel like my roads always seem to be under construction never knowing what direction it's going to take me in. I went into college undecided and came out with two majors. And for most of my post-college life, I haven't been able to tell people what the next six months could be. So while talking to Rodrigo, who at his age wants to follow a similar path, driven by curiosity and desire for knowledge, not just skills to make money, it, it brought out those High school worries about being directionless. Only this time, it's coupled with the anxieties of being older and still not having an answer. Only because the world does catch up with you and the older you get, the more pressure there is to just find a career. Just shut up and pick one already. But what I needed to remind myself was that I took this trip to find some semblance of a direction and Chuck Chow was the ideal environment to be directionless and creative. The chocolate shop seems to attract a certain type of people, from the workers to the customers. All these backpackers, volunteers from abroad, mountain climbers, deep sea divers, people from all corners of the world who want to explore the full potential of our earth. All the people who walk through those stairs into this hidden shop of hedonistic delights seems to have this ineffable ache inside of us, wanting more from the world and saying fuck it to the conventional life for a while. We are people who want to master our future, not have it be decided for us at the age of 18, and learn from the chaos we willingly throw ourselves into. And I saw that in Rodrigo, someone with a thirst for knowledge so great that only flying above an ocean can quench it. Desires most 18-year-olds don't hold. Chuck Chow truly provided a space that encouraged questions, creativity, and great company. And although I learned a lot, the longer I was there, I realized it wasn't the type of creativity that I felt I wanted to express myself with. I'd always been creative, but I just never knew, I, I just never knew if I had the right medium. My childhood and teenage years were spent doing theater, music, and dance, where in college I let go of all of that and became much more interested in visual arts, food, and loved intellectual stimulation. 
but I've never been satisfied with just one, and I was just looking for something that united those together, but never knew how to do that. Baking wasn't, is still a passion, but it began looking more like a hobby. It just stopped calling me, and I'm glad I took time to discover that instead of risking more time being ruled by grueling hours of a baker or spending too much money to go to culinary school. All I remember is feeling really excited when working at the chocolate shop and responding to the question, what are you doing here? And I would say, well, I've been backpacking through Latin America for a few months and have been interviewing people along the way who've been doing just incredible things with their lives or just very interesting locals and asking what travel and strangers and exploration has provided for them. You will only hear those stories from those who are bold enough to see what the back roads have to offer. Sí, vamos a llamarles y y decidimos. A Don Luis. Sí. Ah, ya sí. Ah, te ven. Ya. Porque también pueden ir. Los puedo ir a dejar. Ustedes caminan y volver con él. In our next episode, we meet a boy feminist, Tom from England who is working at an NGO which has satiated his thirst for travel and hunger for social justice. The thing we did recently was to try and break a world record. And the record was in hula hooping at high altitude because obviously our name is hoop, which stands for helping overcome obstacles through. We wanted, we were thinking, let's do something to do with hula hooping. And the record that we could find that we had a, sh a shot at actually doing would be Next time on Strangers Abroad.
vamos a llamarles y, y, y decidimos. Vale. ¿A don Luis? Sí. Ah, ya, sí. Ah, es usted, ya. Porque también pueden ir, los puedo ir a dejar. Ustedes caminan y volver con él por el bar. En our next episode, we meet Thomas, who threw away the corporate life in the United Kingdom to unite his true desire of travel and social justice in Arequipa, Peru. Next time on Strangers Abroad.